want to hear is true. Catholic Commentary. Spiritual Warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm waiting for my partner, Eddie Chavez, to. Uh, yeah. So, just want to let you know that I uh, hope you had a great weekend. It's still the month of June, which is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. According to uh, Henry David Thoreau, that's a that's a phrase that he used. The uh, <clears throat> as Catholic men, you know, one of the things about Catholic men, sometimes we feel like we're really by our, ourselves. We feel like, man, does anybody else? Does anybody else believe like we do about Jesus, about the Church, about faith, about virtue, about salvation, about heaven and hell? Let me share this article with you. It's called. It's called Most Men Lead Lives of Quiet Desperation. Libs of TikTok is one of the left's most reviled and feared Twitter accounts. The account which directly reposts their some of the most poisonous aspects of progressivism had been previously suspended and was one of the accounts freed by Elon Musk. On June 9th, it tweeted an illuminating video originally posted by a woman who has transitioned to manhood judging solely by the facial hair and vocal register this young woman appears to be far along the process in a moment of sincerity this poor woman in tears laments how difficult it is to be a man the clip begins with a remarkable first sentence it says she said Nobody told me how lonely being a man is. In what seems to be a wave of enlightenment, she talks about all the things she does not like about being a man. Men cannot be vulnerable. No one hugs you. People are colder to men, and it is harder to build relationships. Though she doesn't admit to regret, the viewer seems to be watching in real time. The realization that men and women are not interchangeable. Reality is setting in that gender is not an accessory. That men are not just a collection of body parts. They have different roles and play by different rules with different requirements and expectations. As opposed to her truth or my truth, there are just immutable truths. Perhaps cis men do not, after all, have the privilege that leftist victims have been led to believe. It appears to be stoicism required of true manhood with which she cannot deal. She takes the opportunity to call on her TikTok followers to find her man, a man in their circle and help them feel seen for a moment. 
Eddie, are you on, brother? With with Father's Day uh, this coming weekend, and this was this was obviously a few weeks ago. The timing on this poor thing's video is impeccable. God willing, there are no children in the charge of this confused woman. The pressure, responsibility, and reality just multiply with a family. But instead of acknowledging what this woman has come to realize, today's narrative runs that men are washed with unearned opportunity. It says that men are privileged and discriminatory chauvinists who have no idea the challenges faced by someone who is not a heterosexual cis man. Consider why are fathers always portrayed on TV as some blend of L. Bundy and Homer Simpson? Useless, lazy, and sex-craved deadbeats. Why is society being conditioned to think of fathers and the vocation of fatherhood as such to the point where, where before one can Google stupid TV dads, the, the search is auto-filled? Those pushing this perverted opinion have successfully tied all of masculinity to its worst exemplars. A marginalizing fiction overshadows the truth. And what is true? The Census Bureau and the U.S. Department of Education tells us that 24% of children live in the absence of a father and that 77% of teachers are female. So many young men are formed amid a dearth of masculinity, not an excess. Rarely discussed are the correlations between fatherlessness and crime, violence, suicide, and dropouts. The stats paint a picture that a young man without a father is four times more likely to live in poverty, twice as likely to commit suicide, and 71% more likely to drop out of high school. 85% of youth in prison come from a father's absentee home. Children fatherless, children in fatherless homes are 14 more times <coughs> likely to commit rape and 20 more times likely to end up in prison. The result is pretty clear. Eddie, welcome, brother. Are you on? I'm on the phone. How are you, Jeff? Good, good. Uh, I want to read this paragraph. I want your comments. Uh, you know, you, you, work, you work the streets as a, as a highway patrol for, for decades, over three decades. And the article is called Most Men Lead Lives of Quiet Desperation. What the article describes is, is the way a lot of uh, women want to become men. They want to transgender into men. And then when they do start transgendering into men, the article says, they're saying, wow, I didn't know how difficult it was to be a man. <laughs> uh, right. But here's. You're right. Yeah. 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 Once it's funny. People think the grass is greener on the other side. If, if God wanted you to be a woman or a man, he, he made you exactly what you needed to be. And that's it. Uh, but look at this one paragraph, Eddie. I want your comment. It says from two fellow law enforcement here. And we saw this played out. It says rarely discussed. <clears throat> are the correlations between fatherlessness and crime, violence, suicide, and dropout rates. The stats paint a picture that a young man without a father is four times more likely to live in poverty, twice as likely to commit suicide, 71% more likely to drop out of high school, 85% of, youth of youths in prison come from father a father-absent home, children in fatherless homes are 14 times more likely to commit rape, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. 
The results are pretty clear. But John Haywood tells us that none are so blind as those who will not see. Uh, so those statistics, Eddie, uh, isn't that isn't that exactly what you've seen working 30 years in the field? That's exactly that's exactly what I saw. I saw. I mean, I, I don't think I ever arrested a, a juvenile uh, that had a father in the household. Never did I do that. And also, uh, a lot of the the men that that were arrested that I arrested were um, were were came from broken homes. Just this is just another example how the devil has has infiltrated the society and and worked on. On, on sabotaging the family, Jess. That's what this is. This is a sabotage of the family going on, and nobody recognizes it except Catholic, Virgin Most Powerful radio people, because this is not happening uh, uh, in the blind. This is happening very clearly, and people just don't see it. Eddie, and one of the big attacks on the family right now is just this whole transgender movement. And this is what this article is about. Let me read the last two paragraphs. I want to get your comments. It says, even in the presence of sound evidence to the contrary, effeminate male activists, radical feminists, Gillette razors, and the hens on The View never stop waxing on about this toxic masculinity nonsense. Their delusions don't stop there. People are meant to believe that while the woke and absent baby daddy is heroic for following his truth, it is the lessons a father passes on to his sons about hunting, sports, religion, or the virtue of responsibility that are the sources of toxicity. All the while, the reprobate who funds the abortion, now there's true toxicity, is an open-minded champion of women's rights. The radical feminists and big government movements have argued for a generation that fathers are unnecessary. A per as paternity has been reduced to its base biological function, programs have been tailored to replace father with Uncle Sam. It's a lack of fatherhood, masculinity in its heaven-instituted form that is the culprit for the palsied fear in the eyes of abandoned children. It is a lack of security, uh, the lack of confidence, and the lack of discipline that untethers fatherless young men. The effects are catastrophic. Those, those of us who know the and struggle and appreciate our fathers all the more, we mustn't give up. We are like dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. We honor them with our persistence. Here's what I can say, Eddie. As imperfect as my dad was, uh, and he tried to be um, uh, a good man to the best of his ability, you know what? I'm a better person because I did have a father. I could say that. What about you? Same here, just exactly the same uh, feelings towards my father. Not perfect, but without him, I would have been a lost, a lost kid. Because you know what, Jeff? Um, I heard a radio host say this one time. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Prager or somebody. But he said, what qualities of your father do you not need? What are you willing to dispense with with fatherhood? And this is what this is what this article is saying, Jess. We don't need fathers. Fathers are unnecessary. How, how can we survive without you uh, who, who provide us with uh, – you know, this, this is what I was thinking. How can uh, we survive without these men – who are mostly in jail, uh, that, that provide us with the things that it's talking about. Uh, having our sons uh, uh, follow us in all these different ways. So yeah, I, I'm with you, Jim. I'm a better man because of this. Jesus, that one will be right back. Stick around. Now. Back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're back, Jesus 911. Did you know that on June 14th, Joe Biden's parish in in Washington, D.C., celebrated an LGBTQ pride mass. Doesn't surprise me. The Archdiocese of Washington had no comment. Their spokespersons directed questions to the website of Holy Trinity Parish. This is not the first time Cardinal Wilton Gregory, Archbishop of Washington, has chosen to navigate his diocese into muddy waters. His decision not to deny pro-abortion politicians, specifically Biden and Pelosi, access to the Blessed Sacrament, was announced in a November 2020 interview. Since then, issue after issue, Joe Biden has presided over the most anti-Catholic administration in history. In June, Catholics celebrate the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. LGBTQ people celebrate Pride Month. LGBTQ Catholics celebrate both. (laughs) One shows us how Jesus loves. The other shows us whom Jesus calls us to love. These blasphemous comments, comments allowing for coexistence and consistency in gay behavior and the atonement attributed to devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus was tweeted on the 2nd of June by Father James Martin S.J. Scandalous. <laughs> on June 5th, Pope Francis himself sent a handwritten letter to Martin supporting an outreach LGBTQ conference at Fordham University. This is not the first time Francis has publicly supported Martin's ministry to welcome but not reform homosexual behavior. The LGBTQ plus group, AGLO, called the Archdiocesan Gay and Lesbian Outreach of Chicago Ministry, has announced with pride that Cardinal Blaise Supich will offer the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for them in their annual pride ceremony, June 18th at 7 p.m. At this point, it is worth noting that both Cardinal Supich and Gregory have been aggressive in suppression of the traditional Latin Mass. Neither Cardinal has shown interest in reaching out to that community, nor would they ever be caught offering a Mass in Latin, but LGBTQ Pride Masses are something altogether different. Eddie, what's your comment about what I read so far? Is Eddie there? Richard, is Eddie on? Uh, I'm asking myself, I can't believe uh, what what kind of state are we in the church right now when you have cardinals and bishops that accept LGBTQ masses, whatever that means, but they don't accept the Latin mass. The mass that's been around for 1,600 years, the mass of the ages. I mean, this this is the work of Satan. Friday night, June 16th, on the actual Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Los Angeles Dodgers consummated descent into debauchery. The Dodgers went ahead with their celebration of Pride Night. 
including their including their honoring of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Eddie, I, I just shared on this article that I'm, that were uh, that's called uh, "Which Way Catholic Man." Talks about the fact that there are some cardinals and bishops in our country <laughs> that are doing LGBTQ mass, pride masses, whatever that is. But these are the same cardinals and bishops that have gotten rid of the Latin mass. What has gone into them? I mean, uh, what kind of, uh, as St. Paul told, tells the Galatians in Galatians 5.1, who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? Who has bewitched these cardinals? that they would get rid of the mass that's been around for 1,600 years and replace it with some modernist uh, diabolical parody called the LGBT pride mass. What do you, what do you think, Eddie? You know, Jess, it's kind of funny that that's happening. You know, I automatically go back to my younger days of being a, a, a you know, just pray, pray and obey a Catholic and, and listening to them. But at some point, Jess, we have to think these guys, they ha what well, they missed the day of, uh, of of compassion at the at, at the uh, seminary. Listen, we need them to talk right and give us the right information. If they're homosexuals, tell us that and just get out of the ministry. We don't need that. Just we need strong Catholics, and that goes for the lady as well. You know, the days of of, of on the fence Catholics is over. Man, we need we need strong Catholics like all those that, that went to Dodger Stadium with us, Jess. They're the ones that we need. The ones that are not willing to do that, the ones that are willing to sit in the stadium and enjoy the game or to sit at home and watch it on television, you know what? We don't need those necessarily. We need the strong Catholics that are going to obey and do what the, the Lord says because we can't even follow our bishops right now. I don't think we can. Most of them we cannot. Eddie, can you imagine if we had every if every bishop in the country was like bishop joseph strickland in terms of their orthodoxy and their courage we we would turn this country around this country would become catholic overnight we would get rid uh, we would do away with abortion homosexual marriage if every bishop was a, a joseph strickland and had that apostolic zeal all these things that we're dealing with in our culture we wouldn't be dealing with them because we would have the power through the bishop's prayers and their presence to eradicate all these culture of death issues. You know, Jeff, and that, that really brings up another point to me. It's like, wh why aren't they even a little bit like him? I mean, this, this man, Bishop Strickland, if we had other bishops like him, we would be out of this, this haze that the country's in because this haze right now is, is causing people to lose their faith. It's causing Catholics to run out of the church. We need, we need strong Catholics to come back into the church. Just This is not something that people are going to look at. You know, these, these on-the-fence Catholics, these double-dippers that are doing, you know, other praise and worship uh, on the weekends, they need to yeah. see something strong like this uh, bishop and 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 be drawn to it but we're not getting those people because of the weak bishops and you know just i gotta tell you there's um there's a lot to worry here and those of us that are not worried are not tuned in because uh, you're right uh, we need more bishops and look what they're doing to them just what are what are they are they're they sending people from the vatican to, to talk with him uh here we go yeah That's yeah yeah, yeah yeah to pay him a visit <laughs> yeah Pretty yeah busy. um uh, Eddie, and, and I just asked myself, is, is Bishop Strickland the only bishop that was out, that's outraged 
by the sisters of perpetual indulgence, this, these group of homosexual men <clears throat> who, are, who are Satanists that <clears throat> mock our holy Catholic nuns that are devoted to a life of service in the church. They profane the crucifixion of Christ by pole dancing on the crucifix. They desecrate the Blessed Mother. I mean, I ask myself, when is a bishop like Gomez and other, when are they going to be become incensed about this and say enough is enough? I'm ta I'm taking to the streets and I'm going to voice my I'm going to take my voice public and take my people with me. What's it? At what point are these bishops going to say, okay, you crossed the line and is enough is enough? I'm, I'm going to call a million people into the streets for my for my diocese and I'm going to lead them out there in in a prayerful protest. I mean, what's it going to take? To I would have thought, I would have thought that what these sisters of perpetual indulgence have done. You can watch the videos on the internet. I would have thought that this, this is the, this broke the camel's back. Every bishop would have jumped up and said, "We're taking our parishioners in front of city hall, and we're going to complain about this." You know, just you're right. You're absolutely right. They have to understand what they're up against here. I think it was Michael Voris who did this thing, and he said that. These these mockers, these fake nuns, first they have an application process, then they accept it. They have a conservatory or something, and then, then it's accepted. Then there's an officiate-type process, wow. and then it's accepted. Yes, and then at some point they become full-fledged uh, nuns, uh, fake nuns. This is my question, Jess. In other Catholic, uh, 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 you know, sacraments, we understand that at some point there's an indelible mark put on our soul by God, and, and we belong to Christ. What these nuns are doing is in opposition to the bishops. They have to know that they're, they're actually accepting an indelible mark on their soul that's going to require exorcisms. This is what's going to require yeah. this, because these people are giving it all up. And so my, my yeah. thing is, why let that go? I mean, if, if, if anything, you have to, you know, be compassionate to, be compassionate to them. Be compassionate because they're going to lose their souls if, in fact, the bishops do nothing. And it sure seems like they're doing nothing right now. Well, you know, Eddie, what these what these fake men, these fake nuns are doing, whether they know it or not, they probably do know because a lot of them are a lot of them. They don't hide the fact that they're Satanists because a lot of them they'll they'll wear uh, horns on top of their head on both sides of their head. Uh, so you know they're not even hiding it. But anytime you take a Catholic sacrament or a Catholic rite, R-I-T-E, and you profane it, that becomes a satanic ritual. So this whole, this whole uh, novitiate process, and they get their they get their uh, habit, and the whole process of going to becoming a sister of perpetual indulgence, which is a they're mimicking what a nun actually does in the Catholic Church. It's a satanic ritual because it's it's mimicking and mocking something that's sacred and holy. So when you do that, it becomes an inversion. It becomes a satanic uh, a satanic ritual. So yeah, these people are these people are on on very dangerous ground right now. And uh, if they don't repent, it it's not going to look very good for them. And the, the the problem is is that many of our bishops are not calling them to repent. Many bishops just celebrate mass for them and let them go in go to mass kissing each other, holding hands in communion, uh, reading the homilies together up in the ambo. Uh, where is where is Mark one fifteen? Repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah, Jess, you know what? 
this is this is shameful. This is shameful that it's going on in the church. We have to get rid of you know. I I think back and I'm thinking these guys are allowing these bishops are allowing them to continue in their in their mockery of the faith. They're they're getting these indelible marks on their soul, uh, you know, from the evil one. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They're they're, they're indelible satanic marks on their soul. Yeah. You, exactly, and and you know, there's only one way to get rid of that. Just once you once you yeah. allow that yes. free to take place, then what you're doing is you're you're giving the demons, any demons, the the open door yeah. to come into you. And so the only way to get rid of that is a deliverance or a possession. And but it, but you know how the bishops can do this, and then and then say you don't go don't go to Latin mass. Uh, this is this is uh, the opposite of what we need at this time, Jess. And what you said, uh, I think it was a rally or, or something I saw that you said is that um, it's not the uh, it's not the clergy that's going to save the church. It's you and I, Jess. It's all us yeah. people, Catholics that are going to do it. That's it. I was I was actually quoting Fulton Sheen. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. Jesus nine one one. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. <clears throat> Eddie, I'm going to read some uh, a section from the article that I want, I want your comment. It says here, a June 9th memo from Auxiliary Bishop Gerald Wilkerson, announced that the leaders of the Archdiocese plan to take a step back and hope for dialogue with all relevant parties. Lead organizer of Catholics for Catholics upon reaching out to the Archdiocese were told that they would not be involved with the rally. Are you surprised that Bishop Wilkerson told people to stand down, Eddie? No, sir, I am not. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, just you know, some of these things repeat themselves over the years. And I remember times when uh, some of these uh, bishops were not just neutral on these on these subjects, on these topics, on these areas, but they were actually um, supporting them. And uh, yeah. I, I don't understand the reason, just that, you know, there's only one natural response we could have is that they they support these things. They, they support yeah. men. Dra these drag men that are, are coming and being awarded things at Dodger Stadium. Um, I, it's very difficult for me to, to get to that point, just, but we have to, as a, as a group of faithful people, just trying to get into the God's kingdom, we have to realize that these men are not doing anything to help the faithful come to the faith. Eddie, uh, I know Bishop Wilkerson. He was my bishop in the San Fernando Valley region. He's your bishop as well now. They brought him out of retirement. I remember he came to Garden Angel Church years ago when I was still there. Yep. And he came to speak to the confirmation class. We had all the confirmation kids there. And it was a night to ask the bishop uh, questions. So people were excited. All the, the, the confirmation teachers were there. The pastor, Father Steve, he throws in the back. And Bishop Wilkerson was uh, standing in the front behind the Biambo uh, fielding questions. One of the questions that he was asked, one of the first questions some kid asked him, Bishop Wilkerson, uh, what does the Catholic Church teach about uh, homosexuality? Is it okay, uh, or is it is it a, a sin, or what is it? 
And the kid was, you could tell the kid was serious. He's, he was, he really wanted to know. I mean, figure this guy's the bishop. This, this is, this, he's, he, he has the office of a teacher. So I sat there and watched, and you were there too in the room. My brother Johnny was there. Bishop Wilkerson took about two or three minutes and said nothing. He basically said, well, uh, the, the church teaches, uh, well, my brother Johnny finally got mad, and Johnny shouted from the back of the hall. He said, Bishop, say it. Bishop, tell them. Bishop, say it. Father Steve got so mad, he, he went up there, and he said, uh, thank you very, Bishop. Thank you for your time. Uh, we'll see you to your car. Bishop, he had Bishop Wilkerson escorted to the car and had him taken taken back to his uh, residence. And uh, Father Steve, he thrown, said, it's a mortal sin, paragraph 2357, et cetera. But the point that I'm making is that Bishop Gerald Wilkerson was asked a direct question from a young teenager in a confirmation class in Garden Angel Church. Is homosexuality wrong, yes or no? Bishop Wilkerson could not answer that question, did not answer that question, and that was witnessed by about 20 catechists and the pastor of the parish. Yes, I remember that day well. Listen, we have to clarify the teaching because having same-sex attraction is, is not the sin. The sin is being in a homosexual lifestyle, meaning you are putting makeup on your face like a fake nun, and you're out there living this 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 life and having homosexual sex. That's what the church teaches, okay? So, um, but he couldn't find a way to say that in a loving manner. He couldn't find a way to tell that teen, listen, um, if in fact some people have a same-sex attraction, you know, come to the church, we'll help you get through that. That might be a, a, a something that you're going through. It may be a phase, but no, uh, that's not a sin. But yes, being involved in a homosexual lifestyle is, and all we can gather, Jess, is that these mockers, these these fake nuns that are doing this, have made the, uh, a, a demonic pact, and they're involved in that, that lifestyle, and they have mortal sin on their soul. They're open to the demons taking over. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. Here's another section. I want to. I want to hear your comments. Uh, it says about the whole. The whole transgender issue it, uh, it says this this is not primarily a political issue and these battles for parental rights should not be waged solely by conservative pundits and members of the of the twitter sphere for these battles to be waged with our best efforts the colonels on the ground need to be religious bishop wilkerson notwithstanding eric sammons editor-in-chief of crisis magazine appears to have been correct when he tweeted last week, quote, I'm convinced that the modern Episcopal consecration rite must include a spine removal ceremony. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, um, it's not just Catholics, obviously. M much, yeah. Many of these other denominations have the same uh, issue. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, know, exactly. We we got the other part of the, that group, that group that 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 loves Christ and and wanted to share with Catholics what happened at Dodger Stadium. That that's that's the ones that we we can work with, not the ones that are open and celebrating uh, uh, worship services for the for the the, the the homosexuals. You know, a lot of times I think just you know we should just uh, uh, have them uh, uh, rent a movie. 
buy some popcorn and go see Nefarious, the movie, and then prepare accordingly. <laughs> I agree. That. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> the article says, oh, this is good. I, I want your comment on this. It says, weak men have created a weakened church. It says, Martin, these are bishops, uh, Father Martin, uh, Bishop Gregory, Gomez, Supich, are not serious men endowed with the metal to give response to the grave insults hurled at the church established by Christ himself. They are custodians of the faith, and they have failed. The mockery at Dodger Stadium made it clear where the battle lines are drawn. And they are drawn exactly where our Blessed Mother at Fatima warned us that they would be, marriage and family. This mockery is part and parcel of that battle. It is part and parcel of the homosexual agenda. That's my take, Eddie, that the, <laughs> we're in the final battle, which is against the marriage and the family, as Our Lady of Fatima told us. And, and, and this is the final battle. This whole confusion of genders, this whole uh, mutilation of our children, this whole confusing men and women, especially at a very young age, that they can transition into the, into the opposite sex. Uh, this is This is wicked. This is deception at the highest level. This is uh, this is uh, this is di this is diabolic disorientation of the human person. Yeah, this I agree. You know, weak men are are part of the problem. And at this time of the church, when weak men are starting to to, to blossom, we're we're starting to see we're starting to see men come back to the church. We're starting to see strong families, men that are staying with their families as opposed to, to leaving them for whatever reason. But you're right, just this is this is a mockery of, of, of Christ, a mockery of what the church teaches. Why why is it a mockery, Jess? It's a mockery because God created it and it's a it's the world's best defense against the evil world in which we live. So when you have these nuns that are 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 are, are you know you know look at look at what we've been through. We have uh, sex outside of marriage. We have homosexuality. We have uh, child sex pornography going on, and you know this is a step by step. We're 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 seeing how the demons work here, and after that, now we're seeing uh, basically a, a, a sexless society. Everybody's non-binary or whatever that term is. I don't even know how to use it, but but yeah. you know, Jeff, this is a. Uh, what the devil's plan is to destroy the family little by little yeah, he's offering yeah. people humans this uh this situation and you know what uh, i'll tell you what we have to pray that men are able to to, to withstand that temptation and, and and reject it amen amen um the article says here but if these assaults on the faith on parenthood on children the family and marriage don't unite us then what does anymore and if this affront did not unite the church and ignite the bishops, there are three potential reasons why. First, the church is wrong, which is not which is not the issue. If so, our absent leaders should should flat out tell us that the church has evolved on these issues, and that for two thousand years the church has been flawed, and that any and that any behavior goes now. A second possibility is that the bishops have turned their back back out of cowardice and a lack of taste for debate. The last and scariest option is that they're acting in favor of their own proclivities 
and that they're infiltrating the church so as to sanitize and sterilize their own sinful natures. So which is it? Has the church adapted? Are bishops coward? Or are they modernist, heretic, homosexuals? I, in, me, in my opinion, I think it's a third one. I think we're, we're so infiltrated by so many homosexuals in the clergy on all levels, and I think that they've taken key positions in the church. And their theology, a, 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 a priest or a bishop who's a homosexual or has homosexual proclivities, they're also going to be theological modernists. I think that's what we're dealing with right now, Eddie. The uh, the uh, the Trojan horse is in the city of God, and to get it out, it's going to it's going to be it's it's going to be difficult. But it's something that must be done, even if it takes the rest of our life to do so. Yeah, Jess. You know what? Uh, I agree. I think that with most of the uh, the clergy, that's the case. We've been infiltrated. Uh, that started happening in the fifties or forties uh, or fifties, I believe it was. And and you know what, Jess? We have to realize uh, we're not going to save this church on our own. We need Jesus. And when Jesus mm. comes back, Amen. that's what Amen. He's going to help us do. He's going to correct yeah. us because there's no bringing it back. We we can't straighten the the, the path of this ship unless we uh, we keep fighting. And like you said, until we die. And that's um that's what you and I have both uh, uh, promised to do is to yeah. keep teaching until yep. until we die. And and and, that, and then Jesus will take it from there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, fight we must uh, until until your heart stops. You're listening to Jesus Time. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll give you some more comments about this topic, and we also want to talk about talk about a new Catholic American moment is rising. Be not afraid. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency. Dial 888-526-2151. Hello, Jesus 911. We're back. Uh, I don't know if we lost uh, if we lost uh, Jess or not, but uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about this uh, final article that Jess was talking about is um, a new Catholic America moment is rising. It says, be not afraid. So a new Catholic moment is rising. You can feel it and people sense it around the country. We certainly sense that at, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, uh, about a week ago, uh, it was historic. It was a historic moment. It was, it was a triumph of good over evil. The LA Dodgers and those backing them refused to back down from honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and they saw the response from uh, this Catholic group. One of the things I wanted to mention just we were talking about about uh, Catholics uh, participating and just trying to be good Catholics, trying to get into God's kingdom. One of the things that I want to mention that um, what a gift we have received being a Catholic. You know, we have seven sacraments. One of the sacraments is the sacrament of marriage. And I don't believe that we're ever closer to God uh, when we're able to be in a sacramental marriage and we can participate in procreation. This is a gift from God. So God made us like him. In other words, he made us and gave us the ability to make human beings. Uh, of course, it's, 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 it's not uh, a godly creation. We provide the biological matter, but that's within the sacrament of marriage. And in the sacrament of marriage is um, this beautiful gift. We get to be one with 
with the Lord. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And what we have to realize, I believe, is that um, what's going on with the nuns, these uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence from San Francisco, is <laughs> something that, Jess, I believe it's, it's, uh, it's evil because they actually uh, prevent this from happening. And that's we could see, like I said before, we could see the, the path that the, the God is taking, or excuse me, that the devil is taking in, in, in trying to, to shake up the world because we've, he's put us on this road, and uh, now we're in a, almost in a sexless, sexless society. And just um, what better to, to, to sabotage the family than to give us a sexless society? Yeah, Eddie, and over the weekend, I guess they had these big these big drag marches over in New York New York City's Pride Weekend. Uh, I'm looking at my phone right now. People people have been texting me. New York City drag marches chant, we're co- and they're not even hiding it no more. So the controversial group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence attended the event. It was called uh, the event was New York City Drag Marchers, and here's what they were chanting. They were saying. We're coming after your children. So they're not even hiding their intentions anymore. We're coming after your children. Now, I'll tell you, Eddie, here's a few areas where I can tell you where there's there's a complete diabolical connection between the transgender movement and Satanism. Number one, a lot of these transgender uh, sisters of perpetual indulgence, they, they, they put on devil horns. As part of their costume, number one. So I know it's I know it's just part of their costume, but the fact is, it's kind of like uh, why would you putting why would you put be putting on devil's horns? Uh, that's 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 not even that's not even good costume art. As another thing about these transgenders is the 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 leader of the temple of Satan. His name's his name is Lucian Greaves. He admitted last week in an interview, he said uh, virtually all the members of the Temple of Satan are transgender. So he's saying all his 50,000 members across the country, he said they're all part of the Temple of Satan. And here's here's the third thing. If you, when you look at these transgender, these, these homosexual men that, that are trying to act like nuns, these fake nuns, look at their face. They're ugly. They look, they look demonic. They remind me of the Batman series or Batman's nemesis, the Joker. Look at the Joker's face, and look at uh, a lot of these these transgenders, uh, the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Look at how they look at how they dress. They look just like the Joker. They look evil. You think a, a, a little child? is going to sit there and feel comfortable looking at that. It's not like they're looking at Bozo the Clown, you know, that's, that had, that's covered up from head to toe <clears throat> and that, you know, walks around saying, saying funny jokes. No, these people, they would scare kids. Any comments, Eddie? Yeah, Jess, you know, you're so right, brother. I mean, you know, you can't deny what this these groups actually are doing because when they come and they say, hey, we're coming for your kids – Look, Jess, you and I have adult kids. We've taught them the faith. They're Catholics. They're going to have their struggles. Thanks be to God that they're like that. But what about our grandkids, Jess? 
What about the grandkids, those innocent children that we have at home, and they're coming after them? You know what? You have to get you have to get by me first. And I have weapons. I have rosaries, but I also yeah. have a forty-five caliber weapon <laughs> that they have to come to to get my kids, Jess. And that's just what it's going to take. I'm telling you, just we're at the final final years of this of this uh, earth, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy that God chose us to be present for this yeah. fight which I believe is the final fight against the devil, Jess. Yeah, I, I, I can't see how, how worse it can get than, than it is now. I think this is as bad. This is it. I mean, once they're openly saying that they're coming after our kids and they're dressed like, they're dressed like you know, uh, with, with these uh, joker faces, uh, I mean, how much, how much more obvious is this? You know what this, Eddie, this is a time... You know, what would Jesus do if he was here right now? You know what he would do, our Lord? Our Lord would take a braid of cords and he'd make a whip out of it. And he would have went this week to New York City and he would have began with righteous and holy anger welling up with him. He would have been scourging all the transgenders that were out there because you think Jesus is going to let these guys... Uh, touch or deceive or go after these little his little ones i don't think so and here's something else interesting just uh, just from from from, from a, a biblical sense people are saying oh pride month judas pride month catholics don't, don't you realize that pride is one of the seven deadly sins well we're celebrating pride we're, we're like say hey let's 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 celebrate in july gluttony august let's celebrate envy september let's celebrate anger these are the seven deadly sins these are the worst sins of the old testament They're, this is nothing to be celebrating this is something to be ashamed of this is something to have contrition this is something to to to, to uh, you know to to want to run to the confession box and get right with god and, and uh and have and, and, and this is nothing to rejoice about this type of pride, Eddie. Yeah, just you, you just think about the demons in hell. I, I know there's no joy as, as we know it as Catholics in, in hell, but you know, there has to be some jubilation that, that the earth is following them, their lead. Uh, into hell yeah. because like yeah. you said jesus would scourge them he he's not going to put up with that jess and you know what i think that has to be at the forefront of catholics mind stay close to god stay close to your catholic faith and 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 participate in the sacraments just that's our defense our defense yeah. is to keep the family strong as far as we can go with it and then let jesus take over because i'm convinced that uh this is the final battle jess i I mean, I know people have said that throughout the history of the church, but um, I kind of think that uh, this might be it. What else does the devil have to do? He's already have they're already chanting their uh, the uh, seven deadly sins. So what else can they do? Yeah, you're right. Well, I, well, Eddie, I think that uh, Dodger Stadium was a watershed moment. I think uh, it was the new Catholic moment where lay Catholics around the country people have a sense that they're going to have to get out and with the rosaries of their hands and in public. And they're going to have to let their voice be heard uh, because, again, we can't just sit back at home watching Gilligan's Island reruns as as uh, these homosexual men are openly mocking Catholic nuns, are mocking our Lord Jesus Christ, mocking Our Lady. And uh, 
the, the fact is, I think that uh, you got Dodger Stadium was a, it was an example that Catholics can get together uh, and will put their differences aside uh, for the right thing for a common cause. Yeah, Jeff, I, I think I think a lot of these people were, were empowered, empowered to know that they don't have to sit back and take this. You just you can't just watch the news and shake your head and go, that's terrible. No, you have to get out and do something. And you yeah. have, first have to become active in your parish. Jess, that's a blessing yeah. from God. That's oh, yeah. Need. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got to become uh, as cat. Don't be couch potatoes. You got to become active. You got to be act active. You know, I'm gonna end with a with a quote from Father Carapa. He used to always say this. He used to say, "In the final analysis, eternity, there will only be winners and losers, heaven or hell. We choose our destinies by how we live our lives." Father John Carapa. No better, no truer words could be spoken. Yeah, and remember, everybody, purgatory ends when Jesus comes back. Purgatory is over. There is only two destinations, and we choose it. Thanks be to God for Father Crappie and all priests like him. Yes, Amen. All right, well, that's a wrap. You've been listening to Jesus Nine One One. Remember, stick around. Up next, Gary Matuda, hands on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, we are out. EOW. End of watch. Next time, same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.